Welcome to the Everyday Ironman podcast, where we normally talk to real athletes just like you and me that are working to complete an incredible goal. My name is Mike Bosch, and I'm excited to be able to share with you my experience serving as a volunteer this past weekend at Ironman 70.3 Texas in Galveston. Those of you that have listened or have been following the podcast for a while will remember that Angie Jackson challenged me to serve as a volunteer back in episode 18. And while I was racing uh, on the relay team this weekend, I took advantage of that opportunity. And I do want to give a shout out to all the other volunteers who worked so very hard this weekend to make sure that everything went as well as possible. Special shout out to Jennifer Copeland, who was the volunteer director. She was on site all the time. She was running around, making sure everything was taken care of. She always had a smile on her face, uh, just making sure that uh, we had everything that we needed. And so my experience really started um, Friday night. I had signed up for athlete check-in from 3.30 to 7. So I I got into Galveston a little bit earlier in the day. I had lunch with my youngest son, Colby, who attends Texas A&M in Galveston. And right off the bat, I met just the most incredible group. I was able to connect with a, another group of volunteers. They were actually from the First Baptist Church in Hickox, which is just outside of Galveston. I worked with Lola and Megan and Taylor, who is the pastor of the church, and he and I crossed paths the entire weekend. And so in athlete uh, check-in, really what we were responsible for, um, we scanned QR codes, We were responsible for putting the numbers on the swim caps. We obviously handed out the packets. And Megan even taught me the correct way to cut the tail off the wristbands with those rounded edges. And several of the athletes uh, commented on how that was such a pro move. And then we were handing out those little uh, white wristbands that were intended for the athletes to hand out to uh, volunteers along the way as a, a sign of appreciation. And Megan and I were really excited because we were we both got one of the volunteer appreciation wristbands from a different athlete. It's one of the highest honors you can receive. So after uh, getting just a little bit of sleep, um, I got up Saturday morning, went for a quick run because I am still training. And then I headed over to the uh, the venue because I was doing bike check-in from 8.45 to 12.45. Now, we had selected for our relay team, we were going to check in um, at 1 o'clock and then hit um, athlete briefing at 2, turn Lindsay's bike in and do all those things, right? So I had this window of time in Saturday morning to where I could um, do bike check-in. And everybody knows that I love bikes. So I was like a kid in a candy store, right? I saw so many gorgeous bikes. There were uh, Project One Speed Concepts in almost every color. I saw several uh, really pretty Canyon Speed Maxes, some Cervelo P5Xs, uh, Diamond Marquis, and even uh, a Diamondback Andine or two, right? So it was just, it was just incredible. But really, um, it was cool to get to help some of the first timers. So you'd be walking around and you had your shirt on, and the athletes would just come up 
uh, right? And they had so many questions, right? Where do I go? Um, you know, where swim in? Where do I leave uh, my stuff? Um, which way does my bike hang on the rack? You know, what do I do with my shoes? Do I need to wear my bib while on the bike or is it just for, for, uh, for the run? And it was just so cool to be able to sit there and tell them, okay, let me talk you through the process. This is what you're going to experience. You're going to come here first thing Sunday morning. You're going to get all your stuff laid out, and then you're going to walk down to Swim Start. You're going to get in the water, and you're going to you're going to come in through here. And just really, really being able to talk them through the process was just so so cool. Uh, additionally, I met a really nice older couple from Oklahoma um, that were also volunteering. They had come down um, to cheer on their adult son. He was racing his very first 70.3, and uh, together uh, with another uh, uh, volunteer, we were uh, put in charge of actually putting the the number cards at the end of the bike racks that said, you know, bib number, um, you know, one through 23, or bib number 23 through one at the other end, so that when you came in um, at a swim, you knew exactly where to go, right? And we took that job very seriously. And I have to say, because things happen, there were several of the cards that had been printed wrong. They had the wrong numbers. The numbers showed to end in the middle of the rack, or they were two or three off. So we made sure that we got those corrected um, the best to our ability so not to cause any confusion uh, on race morning. And wouldn't you know it, Taylor from Friday Night Check-In showed up, and he was was responsible for making sure – um, that everybody was following almost like a one-way traffic. So you came in through um, the bike, bike in and bike out. Um, they checked your, you know, make sure your wristband and your your bike um, had the right stickers. You would come in, you would set up your gear, and they wanted everybody to leave through uh, the swim in or the run out arch. And he was responsible for making sure that everybody was going that direction. So in between answering questions, he and I got to talking, and you know, we talked about triathlon and how to get started. Um, I think he's really looking to uh, to get into this. Uh, the community that he lives in even has a 12-acre lagoon. So he has access to an open water uh, practice site, which is super cool. So I did that. And then, of course, like I said, I met up with my relay team. And then we got ourselves checked in, um, had a few other little errands to run, had dinner, got to bed, uh, got about four hours sleep didn't get a lot of sleep. And then Sunday morning, ready to start all over again. Now, Sunday morning, I was obviously competing uh, in the relay. I was doing the swim, but I also had some volunteer responsibilities. I was uh, signed up officially to volunteer at the finish line, but I knew there was an opportunity for me to do some unofficial volunteering as well. So I took my volunteer shirt and a pair of running shorts with me to the race. So after um, after I came out of the water and I got my chip transferred to Lindsay and made sure she was off on the bike, got my wetsuit off, threw my clothes on over my swim jammers, and my plan was to serve as an unofficial wetsuit stripper. But because of my late start and my slow swim time, a lot of the athletes were already out on the bike course. But I was able to provide some help to a few athletes, so that was pretty cool. And I have to say that Eric and Lindsay being first-timers really got a big kick out of the fact that I was a quote-unquote wetsuit stripper. And then um, I happened to see another volunteer uh, hanging out. So I went over to ask him a question, and I got into conversation with him, 
And about three or four minutes in the conversation, I just, his voice just sounds so familiar. So I finally asked him, I'm like, why does your voice sound familiar to me? And his response is, do you listen to podcasts? And immediately at that moment, I realized that it was Andrew Harley, the host of the Tried Out Podcast. Now, I haven't talked about it a lot on this podcast yet, but I am signed up for TriDot Training. TriDot is a, a training program that uses a lot of algorithms and metrics and performance assessments to uh, schedule training that's optimized to you. And I've been very, very happy with it so far. Well, they have a Facebook group page, and then, of course, they have a weekly podcast. And so he's the host of that podcast, and I totally fanned out on him. I was asking him a bunch of questions. We were talking about things. I took a selfie with him. It was just, it was super cool. And because I was tracking several athletes uh, on the Ironman tracker, I was able to, uh, to actually catch Chris Tubbs from episode 28 in T2. I was at his transition area when he got back in from the bike course. Um, he was having a great race. And as he was changing from bike to run, I was able to give him an update on how he finished the swim, and even we uh, talked about his bike split, so that was really cool. Now, the relay transition area was right at the swim-in-run-out arch, so as Eric and I were waiting for Lindsay to get back from the bike course, obviously, um, we were waiting to get Eric off on the run, we were able to save several athletes some valuable time by pointing out that they had forgotten to put on their bib numbers, right? Because as you know, you cannot leave T2 without it. So I was just in volunteer mode the entire time. I was scanning, scanning, scanning. I would see somebody coming up. I'm like, hey, don't forget your bib. And they'd look down. They're like, oh, thank you so much. And boom, back to their transition to get their bib and then headed out on course. So between that and kind of hanging out and talking to some of the other relay teams, uh, uh, Lindsay came in, we got her chip and uh, transferred over to Eric. Eric's out. We're following Eric on the tracker a little bit. Um, Lindsay and I decided to go over and cheer, uh, cheer Eric on. Uh, he was around mile four, so he was still in his first loop. After I did that, I head over to the finish line where I was scheduled to work from 1.30 to 5. And I have to say... This volunteer shift did not start as well as it ended. I had all these plans in my head of how I was going to be handing out all these medals. I wanted to see um, Chris Tubbs. I wanted to see uh, Billy and Sam Crozier. I wanted to see Nathan Jones. And of course, I wanted to see Eric at the finish line and present them with their medal. In my mind... It was going to be this life-changing experience for them to have me put their medal around their neck. You know, it was the type of moment I envisioned that I had had with Nathan in Waco back in October. You know, maybe they would even start their own podcast and they would have me on as a guest to talk about what it was like to be volunteering. Instead, for the first hour, I found myself writing down bib numbers as athletes crossed the finish line. I even joked if only they had some kind of tracking device that athletes could wear that would automatically be detected when they crossed the finish line. But no, here I am with my little notepad and my spreadsheet and I'm writing down bib numbers. Now, I did eventually come to terms with the fact that volunteering is about giving back and that not all jobs are glamorous. But at the first opportunity, I did get one of the younger volunteers to take over for me. 
Because as you know, seniority has its privileges. So I started taking off timing chips, um, and that was cool. So I got to see the athletes as they came stumbling along. Uh, a lot of them were really easy to take off. Several of them were safety pin, but I got it down pretty good. And then eventually I made my way up to the front line, and I was handing out medals. And that's where the emotional money is made. Getting to be the first person to congratulate somebody who fought all day to not quit and to finish what they started is an incredible incredible honor. And now I didn't get to hand Chris Tubbs or Billy Crozier their medals, but I was able to award Sam Crozier and Eric Horton along with hundreds of others. And of course, Taylor, the pastor of Hitchcock Church, was with me at the finish line. I was starting to think he was stalking me at this point. And as the day was getting later, I had told him that I was tracking Nathan and how we had met in Waco and that how he had given me my medal. We had connected on social media um, and that uh, we had stayed in touch ever since. I remember saying to him, you'd like him. He works for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Now, Taylor surprised me because he responded, I think I checked him in Friday night. Isn't his bib number 1204? Of course, I couldn't remember what Nathan's bib number was. I had him loaded into my tracker. So I looked it up and sure enough, Samuel Jones was bib 1204. I asked Taylor, I was like, how did you remember his number? And he looked at me, he says, I have a gift for things like that. He seemed like a great guy. Truth be told, they're both great guys. And it's funny how many cool and amazing people that you meet when you aren't even trying. So shortly after our conversation, um, we both almost at the same time spotted Nathan heading into the final shoot. He crosses the finish line, and I deliver on my promise to be there to hang his medal around his neck just like he did for me. And then there were some more athletes that would come along, and after time had expired, some of the Ironman staff came over and said to us, the race is over, you're welcome to hang out and hand out medals for the few remaining athletes, but we have to go start packing things up. And let me tell you, it wasn't even a question. We were going to stay and hand out medals for as long as it took. There were seven or eight athletes that came in, and most of them you could tell it took every ounce of strength to finish. They would get a DNF, but we made sure to cheer them on and present them with their medal. Time aside, they earned it. I can remember one gentleman coming up to us. He had finished earlier, and he said, that's my wife coming in. Can I hug her as she crosses the finish line? Before I could think or ask for permission, I handed him a medal and I said, sure, and you can give this to her if you want. After an emotional embrace, he thanked me for the opportunity to be able to do that. And it was just, I mean, it was just a cool experience. Now, about 20 minutes later, we got the word that there was one final athlete left. And finally, we saw her enter the finish shoot. There were only a handful of us left at that point, but we cheered as loud as we could as she made her way to the finish line. It was a long day, and I imagined that she thought about quitting so many times, but she didn't. She persevered. She showed what true courage and grit is. And just like that, it was over. No more questions to answer, no more guidance to give, no more medals to hand out. So we made our way over to the volunteer tent. I exchanged phone numbers with Taylor, and he said that he would let me know how his training goes. I kiddingly said, let me know what race you sign up for, and I'll be there to see your finish. And as I was leaving, I saw Megan and her husband, my partners from Friday Night Check-In. 
They asked me how my race went, and they told me that they had been praying for me all day. Now, if you listen to the race recap episode, you know that I had an incredible experience being part of the relay team, but I might have gained more from my time as a volunteer. Maybe you're on the fence thinking that maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't volunteer. All I can say is that I messaged Angie Jackson immediately that afternoon and thanked her for pushing me toward it. Now that Ironman 70.3 Texas and my relay responsibilities are behind me, it's time to get serious about Chattanooga 70.3. In just over seven weeks, I'll be racing again. And knock on wood, my hip is feeling better, so I'm running well, and I'm really excited about a true down current swim. Next week, we'll be back with another amazing athlete interview. A few weeks ago, I sat down with Paul Wilson, so be sure to check that out. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you have any questions, advice that you would like to share, or would like to be a guest on the show and share your story, you can email everydayironmanpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow on Instagram at everydayironmanpodcast. Until next time, keep moving forward.